Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the very first episode of the BMUSE Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Musica. Each week, we're going to dive into analysis, reviews, and a general discussion of the latest news and also dive into the past regarding movies, music, video games, and much, much more. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. Welcome to the very first episode of the BMUSE Reviews Podcast. Let's kick things off today with a little non-spoiler discussion and review of Scream. The latest edition, uh, it's the fifth installment, um, Scream 5, but they're calling it Scream. Uh, it's, it's a general requel. A lot, a lot of what we're seeing today from movies, uh, introducing legacy characters back into the franchise uh, and also introducing an entirely new cast, uh, almost passing the mantle in a sense. And, you know, I think really what, the, what they've accomplished in this film is, is pretty remarkable. The film franchise itself had its 25th anniversary recently. And, you know, from coming out in 1996 and really revamping and introducing an entirely new take on the horror genre as a whole, what this film was able to do is pretty tremendous. It's a great cast. Obviously, having the legacy cast and Nev Campbell, Cordy Cox, and David Arquette come back for this film, it's really great to see how much fun they had with this film. Um, especially, you know, with seeing the the cast talk about the film and how much they enjoyed working together and 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 being a part of this franchise. And it it's just it's truly remarkable to see uh, what the writers were able to do and the script they were able to come up with. It, it really keeps you guessing as a true Scream film really should do. Um, and overall, I, I just got to give it up to everyone, everyone involved in, in this film. Um, if you haven't seen this film yet, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Go out and see this film immediately, especially whether you're a fan of the franchise or not. Um, definitely give this one a shot. I mean, it, it, does, a, it does a pretty good job of calling back to all the films and, t- and tying everything together really well, really well. They've, they've no doubt pumped another 20 to 25 years into this franchise. And, you know, there's gonna be multiple sequels and, and not only that, but topping Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, that's pretty tremendous, especially after the humongous opening that uh, Spider-Man now being this number six film all time in the box office. I mean, it's just, it's pretty, pretty remarkable um, to see it scream come in with such a, a big opening, and and kudos to the uh, the studios for you know sticking by this film and, and not putting it out on streaming uh, immediately and and just completely uh, jeopardizing the amount of money that they could bring in and the revenue that this uh, film should make and and obviously has made up until this point. So that's. It's great to it's great to see everyone had such a great time involved in this film and it really shines through the screen, you know. And, and as I said, I don't want to dive into too much because we're gonna save the spoiler talk for later in this podcast. But overall, I, th- I think that what they were able to accomplish with this film really lends itself to not only just multiple sequels after uh, after this and a continuation, but overall, you paid homage to. Kevin Williamson, the writers, uh, and, and also Wes Craven, a brilliant mind who 
sadly is no longer with us and this being the first scream film without him at the helm they really did a wonderful job of paying homage to his vision the scream legacy and the franchise as a whole and his legacy as well more more specifically so again if you haven't seen this film go out and see this film immediately i highly highly recommend you do so and again, if you want to hear the spoiler talks, and we're going to dive into much, much more detail about this film later on in the podcast, but don't want to go into too much. As I said, just if you haven't seen this film, definitely go see it. All right, guys, that brings us to topic number two today. Most recent round of the playoffs, we saw a trailer drop on uh, ESPN for Marvel and Disney Plus's new series, Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac. Now, before we get into too much about this series as a whole, I do want to uh, mention, uh, as I'm sure uh, many of you have heard, that one of the stars, uh, one of the co-stars from the series, Gaspard, forgive me if I'm pronouncing this na- last name wrong, Uyil, passed away at the age of 37 after a tragic skiing accident. Um, I will be honest, beyond the tragedy of the skiing accident, I did not look further into details as to what happened just knowing enough uh the fact that you know this tragedy occurred and um sadly he is no longer with us i I did not want to uh mention the moon knight series without uh, at least you know mentioning uh the tragedy that has befallen you know this this gentleman's family and, and and loved ones and all friends around him so i just wanted to extend my condolences you, know, you will surely, surely be missed. Um, getting back to uh, Moon Knight, however, the series, which ultimately was first introduced into the comics in 1975, the character, in, in a series called, I believe, Werewolf by Night. Uh, and the Moon Knight character was actually introduced as an antagonist in that series, I believe. Um, it was also the first uh, Marvel spotlight that Moon Knight received Later, it uh, wasn't until like 1980. And uh, before then, he, uh, I believe, appeared on Defenders, a few other uh, appearances, and ma- mainly uh, appearances as uh, as like a backup on uh, the Hulk magazine. And honestly, after that, I think it's just, the character took off. My, my, As you can tell, my knowledge of the character is a bit limited. The main points I've heard over time in, in talking with friends and, and, uh, and colleagues is that you know, the origin of uh, Mark Spector, I believe, is his uh, he, Moon Knight's human name. One of, I don't know if this is the official origin, but one of the origins that I uh, can recall hearing was that he was working with some uh, rogue and some just bad archaeologists. You know, and one of them, I believe, was named Bushman. And they're in Egypt, I believe. And they're... You know, excavating and uh, you know not where they should be uh, for lack of better words and he's left for dead when Moon Knight arrives and when he's left in the tomb of Kanchu the Egyptian god of the moon which do with what you will <laughs> um, uh, resur- he was resurrected um, by Moon Knight Mark Spector was uh, from the dead and then he goes back to New York uh, with one of his friends uh, and his close, close companions, almost like his, um, almost like Alfred to Bruce Wayne is uh, this gentleman Frenchie to Mark Spector. 
and overall I, I think the tone of the series as a whole has been very much linked to Batman in in the similarities aspects from there's no superhuman abilities that he possesses and there's no specific powers but he is an absolute expert in hand-to-hand -hand combat and stealth like Batman so I think that's generally where the comparison lies the trailer itself looked awesome it's just the first teaser we're just getting a few a first uh, first little glimpse but overall I think I think this this uh, series may shine for uh, Marvel Disney plus and and uh, also Oscar Isaac and as well as his late co-star Gaspard Ulliel. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this this uh, series. I, I will be honest. Definitely looking forward to seeing more of the characters within Marvel, especially deep deep uh, dive into the comic books and seeing which characters make appearances and how they fit into the overall cinematic universe and timelines and they're. Uh, Marvel and uh, Disney, uh, they, they have been working together really well with the placement and the introductions of these series, and no doubt looking forward to uh, the, the next series upcoming, Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac. All right, now, keeping with the Marvel talk, not topic number three, we've seen now the first few little details from the upcoming Doctor Strange sequel, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I always want to say Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but it's in the Multiverse of Madness. I always got to make sure I pronounce that correctly when I uh, when I introduce the titles. But we have seen the first few details come out about this movie. And the details have come through uh, the action figure now on the market. Or at least, I think, I don't know if you can purchase them or at least they're for pre-order. I'm not too certain. I'll be clear with that. Um... I'm not too sure where the order status uh, for these action figures lies at the current moment. However, we do have a few images to share. Now, the first character, which you can see here on the left side of the screen, Rintra. Um, based on the uh, limited amount of knowledge that I have and what I've been able to uh, conjure up, uh, Rintra is known uh, to be a former apprentice of Doctor Strange at one point in the comics. Um, and also, Rintra does make an appearance in the teaser trailer that we've seen for this film that appeared at the in the end credits of Spider-Man No Way Home. So, definitely looking forward to seeing how Rintra factors into the, the new movie. Not sure how big of a role he will have in the film, but knowing that he does possess uh, magical powers and he is known to be a former apprentice of Doctor Strange will he be assisting Doctor Strange uh, in some capacity in this film we'll have to find out but at least we have a first image and little few details of how he may factor in now the next character we see here Sleepwalker Sleepwalker is a character that has been known to invade dreams and also, I believe, present, uh, prevents certain entities from entering those dreams as well, if I'm not mistaken. Don't know too much else about the character at this point. Um, again, just a few little details that um, I've been able to uh, find. And it's, it looks exciting to see how deep they're going into the comics. You know, like we recently just said about 
a Moon Knight series, how it presents this opportunity for Marvel and Disney to work together and really dive into the characters they want to introduce from the comics. And a lot of them can be, you know, definitely different. And that's and it's really uh, it's really awesome to see how they factor in and ultimately the a diversity in characters and and what they're able to do and their their abilities and and how how ultimately they factor into the ultimate storyline as a whole. It's it's really interesting to see. Now the last character we see here is Despair. Now Despair is a bad dude from what I can tell uh you know when i'm reading in the comics he has fought spider-man he's fought the hulk uh as well as the new avengers i mean he could potentially tie into uh, shang chi as well especially with the sequel currently in the works there are multiple ways where despair could factor in and and the fact that you know he's Apparently, you know, going to show up in this film in, in some capacity. We don't know if he's the the main villain uh, in, in this film or just uh, a character that's simply introduced uh, to tie into Shang-Chi uh, and future uh, Marvel projects in the future. We will have to find out. But all I know is from doing the, the brief research that I was able to do, Despair is a seriously bad dude and he's someone not to be messed with that is for sure overall we're, i mean we're at the end of january now we have february march april and then boom may it's here this movie is not far away at all it is right around the corner so greatly looking forward to seeing how all three of these characters factor into doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and very much looking forward to seeing how they may factor into future projects as well. And that brings us to topic number four, switching over, doing a 180 from Marvel, now going to DC. The Batman, coming out on March 4th. Cannot wait for this movie. Cannot wait for this movie at all. It officially gets its rating PG-13, and as well as a three-hour runtime two hours and 55 minutes to be exact but passionate fans uh have voiced their displeasure online shocker they were expecting an r rating some of them some of them were some of them were expecting an r rating for this film and they decided to voice their displeasure online now um i don't know what extends the idea or possibly introduces the idea that this movie could have been rated r pg-13 movies extend themselves to a lot a lot for the movie to get away with they're the only true difference between a pg-13 movie and an r-rated movie is the inclusion of excessive strong language and or nudity which the batman movie does not need at all so i i mean the passionate fans and, and wanting to see a dark gritty brutal batman film that has a tone of you know mystery and suspense thriller and a, a, a little bit of horror in, in a sense too 
but with with all those themes together absolutely agree with you 100 percent. you can do all of those things and not have the movie be rated r and the studio knows that anyone you know you know anyone with common sense and applying it to this movie w would agree with that in the sense that you know having a movie with the batman you know that parents are going to bring children they're going to bring you know everyone and their mother is going to you know see this film so and and with that the studio wants that so that by having it a movie rated r you're locking out essentially a good chunk of your core audience who you're marketing this film towards so it just it wouldn't be it wouldn't make any sense for them to do it so i don't know why <laughs> you know there's always obviously there's always gonna be fans that want to complain about something and and i think this is just one of those cases but you know overall i'm very much looking forward to this film the fact that it's two hours and 55 minutes of, it's just called a three-hour film i cannot wait cannot wait i mean every one of those minutes is going to be <laughs> just absolutely dissected and analyzed by every nerd across the united states and the world <laughs> so very much looking forward to this film as i said many times just overall looking forward to seeing how robert pattinson adapts into this film most definitely paul dano as well i mean what a casting choice huge fan of paul dano's work as an actor and just if you haven't seen if you want to get a taste of what we might be in for in this movie go watch prisoners go watch the movie prisoners if you haven't done so already definitely highly recommend seeing prisoners hugh jackman jake gyllenhaal paul dano there's a scene i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything if you haven't seen the film but there is a scene with paul dano and jake gyllenhaal which i mean you would place batman in that in that scene i mean definitely what we're looking here with paul dano is the riddler and the batman I, I mean it's really going to be truly remarkable to see how he takes the character and, run, and runs with it i think we're going to get another trade carefully when i when i make this comparison but um a heath ledger style character in terms of what he did with the joker i believe that paul dano is taking a and i could be completely wrong on this but i, I believe that paul dano is taking a similar approach introducing the darker tones and themes and personality traits of the character as in the riddler who we obviously we've most recent adaptation we've seen was jim carrey in the 90s and we saw you know it was more the cartoon style with joel schumacher and what they were going for at that time and it worked and it fit and it was the comic book style it was the light and the bright and the the goofiness but so many there are so many adaptations of the character the riddler which i'm and calling back if if you played the arkham games the batman arkham games you know the riddler in those games is tremendously dark and and bitter and and you know is always his main objective is to always just prove that he is smarter than batman that he is the you know he is the supreme mind 
and that Batman, you know, as much as he thinks he's the world's greatest detective, will ultimately come up short because he is no match for the Riddler and, and his genius. You know, I that extends itself to a lot of, you know, psychotic and behavior, and I, I think that that's really what we've seen so far in the trailers, and I think that we're going to only see so much more of that. I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. I, I think Paul Dan is going to crush it in this role, and I absolutely cannot wait to watch every second of the two hours and 55-minute movie. I, I, I cannot wait. It's right around the corner, March 4th. It's almost here, guys. Now, with that, it brings us to topic number five. I want to briefly talk uh, and review so far the book of Boba Fett. If you haven't seen the show so far, you feel free to skip ahead. Not gonna hurt my feelings at all. Don't want it to. Don't want to spoil too too much for you. But overall, we're gonna just talk about uh, the recaps up until episode four up until this point, and then when we return on Friday, we will be sure to um, have a spot in the podcast where we talk and review episode. Now, going back to the first episode of the show, really wasn't sure what to expect, as I'm sure most of us, you know, weren't really sure what to expect. We knew that going into this show that Boba Fett had taken over Jabba's palace and, and his throne on Tatooine after, say, taking care of Bib Fortuna. <laughs> um, and... In the first episode, we're introduced to more of the story, obviously, and, and, and more specifically how he is going to serve, how he looks to serve uh, on throne, and a general overview of Mos Espa as well, the, the main setting for the season. And I think that the characters they were able to introduce in the first episode and so far in the, se in the series have really laid the groundwork for a great story um, for them to tell with a single character. A lot of people were hesitant with this Boba Fett show. A lot of people were hesitant with a lot of this, the solo Star Wars projects. Um, but I think, well, with Mandalorian specifically, and also seeing how Boba Fett tied into the Mandalorian, um, you know, I think that it's really interesting to see um, how they're able to, again, introduce old concepts and old old settings and old timelines, but then revitalize them and, and, and pump new storylines and, and new pathways forward with these characters. It's pretty tremendous. It's pretty tremendous to say. Uh, now, in episode two, we were introduced to many more characters, uh, more specifically Christian, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, basically Chewbacca's evil cousin twice removed like this dude is bad ass not messing with him at all I mean he he's no joke and then we're also introduced to the twins uh, the relatives of Jabba and you know it's just the underworld of Star Wars is fascinating it's absolutely fascinating to see in the underworld storylines how the spice trade and the bounty hunters and the constant assassination attempts that threaten but not only Boba Fett but just countless individuals and 
thrones across the galaxy. It's really interesting to see, and I'm looking forward to seeing more into the underworld specifically. Now, in episode three, we get Danny Trejo shows up, aka Machete, as well as uh, the new Rancor for Boba Fett and uh, the Tatooine Palace. Now, the one thing I will say about episode three, and most people that I've talked to shared the similar complaint with you know, the teen squad on the speeders, it was a bit cheesy for me, I will say. You know, the, the most Espa segues kind of thing, it's just colored like Power Rangers, and it's, it just wasn't for me. It really was. It kind of took me out of the episode, I will be honest. Um, you know, especially the fact that he, Boba Fett, confronted the squad, and then, you know, out of nowhere within the dialogue it turns from like confrontational and hostile to oh you don't have jobs well then you'll work for me and then, i don't know i mean i guess <laughs> but um this episode did fall a little flat for me but luckily with episode four uh we were given a flashback and it the flashback was with boba fett and fennec and how they first met and how boba fett saves her life and how they ultimately team up, and then ult and as well as the epic fight with the Sarlacc pit, that was no joke. That was awesome to see the the, the close up, the slave one hovering right above it. That the Sarlacc pit cost Boba Fett so much, and and ultimately, you know, we we never knew if he would get out of the Sarlacc pit, but we had hope. We had hope that he would one day get out of the Sarlacc pit, but we we you know we didn't know, we didn't know for sure, but luckily he was able to, and. Uh, you know that 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 fight when and finally taking care of uh, business with the Sarlacc pit and destroying it for good was um that was pretty epic. So that episode four definitely definitely um you know even though it was a a flashback for practically ninety five percent of the episode still was uh you know much better than episode three in my opinion um and definitely brought it back to uh, you know ground level. Um so uh, very much looking forward to seeing episode five. And uh, again, as I said, in uh, Friday's episode, we will be back and uh, I will be sure to review episode five in that episode as well. Now, moving on to topic number six, Amazon Prime has officially announced and released the first teaser for the upcoming series, The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Um... Yes, please. It's set, I believe, in the Second Age when the battle for Middle-earth occurs uh, and the, when the original rings are forged, if I'm not mistaken. This is only an announcement teaser, but it's it's still just as awesome, uh, knowing this is very, very close. Um, the eight-episode se season will debut September 2nd, 2022. And a second season was formally ordered in November of 2019. So they already have, I think, pumped over $435 million into this show. I don't know if that was all for the first season or if some of that went towards the second season. Well, either way, um, $435 million is no chump change whatsoever. This is by far the most expensive production in television history by tenfold if not more if this show is not good the entertainment industry will have a complete conniption and might sink 
completely. I I don't think it would ever I don't think it would ever recover. I, I don't think there's ever I don't think there's a chance that this uh, series isn't good. But again, I'm uh, remaining hopeful and remaining optimistic. Um, but just uh, just knowing that it's right around the corner of September and knowing what this uh, series might bring to the table, uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty exciting i i if you can't tell <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty uh, at a loss of words it's really exciting to see galadriel in, in the announcement as well can't wait i cannot wait for the show i have full faith that this show will bring all the juice no doubt about it now with that topic number seven i did want to mention this chicken run 2 is currently in the works if you do not know I certainly did not know that. Uh, I recently learned this past week that Chicken Run 2 is currently in the works. Loved the first Chicken Run, grew up with the film, as I'm sure many of you did. Chicken Run 2 is currently in the works, and Mel Gibson will not be returning as the main character, Rocky. Shocker. At his age now, I, I definitely would say, you know, with the voice comparison, uh, it's just... It wouldn't be the same. Uh, it definitely would not. Wouldn't be. I'm sure what the studio would be looking for at this time, and and understandably so. It's nothing against Mel Gibson. He's uh, incredibly talented, a wonderful actor. But uh, at this time, the Chicken Run 2 being so far after the first installment, now we're seeing Zachary Levi replace Mel Gibson in that role. Now Zachary Levi, if you know him from uh, Shazam. You know, he now comes in to take over at the helm of the main main role in this film. I believe the official title is Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget. A few cast members from the original film are returning. Um, I, this is a Netflix film too, so it will be exclusively on Netflix once it does come out. Uh, and I th believe one of the one of the uh, little taglines for this film uh, in a little synopsis I've seen is that in the first Chicken Run, their goal was to get out of, I believe it was called Mrs. Tweety's Farm, if I'm, if I'm calling back to that correctly, Mrs. Tweety's Farm, her pies and all that stuff, yeah, her, Mrs. Tweety's Pies, that's what it was. So they were trying to escape that and, and they were able to, um, if, Spoiler alert, if you didn't see the first Chicken Run, you only had like 20-something years to see it. But they had to fly over the fence and, and to escape to the meadows where they wanted to be and all be free and uh, run like chickens. But uh, in this film, it seems that their goal and their ultimate objective is to now fly back over the fence and go to Mrs. Tweety's farm or back to the farm, wherever it may be. I don't know if it's still Mrs. Tweety, if she's still around, but... Uh, yeah, their goal is to get back to the farm and fly back over. So it'd be interesting to see how it all plays out and to see what they uh, what they do for this film. But I always loved the first Chicken Run, grew up with the film, and uh, yeah, exciting to hear that this uh, sequel is in the works. Now, with that, brings us to topic number eight. Now we're gonna get more into the stream spoiler review. So again, um, if you're still hanging around from earlier on the podcast, don't uh, you know if you don't if you haven't seen Scream yet. And you don't want to hear any of the spoilers, feel free to skip over this uh, part of the podcast and uh, no feelings will be hurt. Now, in the most recent Scream installment, they made a lot of bold choices. Now, even though I think that 
they did a tremendous job in marrying the legacy characters to the uh, new cast and passing the torch and overall with the the script how they were able to keep it fresh keep it new but also introduce and call back to a lot of the elements themes and little easter eggs here and there uh, that they threw in as well uh, throughout the series and for fans if you're a fan of this franchise if you've seen all the films since the first one you know you're going to notice a lot of these things and i think it's really cool that the filmmakers uh, decided to include all these things now getting more specifically into what i'm talking about you know from the dialogues to the settings to the way that this film so much mirrors the very first film which is ironic because it's it's self-aware so much this film is has so much self-awareness and so much meta it, it, this film is so meta it's 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 too it's to a limit where it's not overboard it doesn't beat you over the head with it and where it's like look we're meta we're meta we're meta it doesn't do that <laughs> but it's it does it to the point where it executes it's executed well well enough to make the movie rememberable to make it stand out and that's ultimately what it that's ultimately what a screen movie is supposed to do and that's why the original was so successful and calling back to the first one so much as this film does it makes sense that not only do the callback to the first movies ha to the first movie happen but this the title of the film itself is the same as the first film that's how self so it's it's just a lot of uh, great writing that made the, the script is what made this film number one over spider-man no way home in the opening weekend that it's the script alone what they were able to accomplish with this film you got to get up to everyone involved now back again to the bold choices as i mentioned the fact that and again i'm just gonna come out and say you know the fact that you killed off one of the legacy characters in this film which very very bold choice but ultimately you know killing off dewey in this film you know in the previous films in the first and the second and the third i think he's all i think he's stabbed and like each one of those and we never know if he's going to make it out but it ultimately always makes it out in the end and that's kind of what the character has become in his own legacy within the franchise as well and to know that he's not untouchable in this film that he can't that his character can be killed off and was killed off in fact I think that kind of calls back to the killing of Randy in the second film. How, you know, definitely a fan favorite, you know, Jamie Kennedy's character, Randy, in the second film. Um, you know, to know that he was such a fan favorite from the first one into the second one, so much so that they even brought him back for a, a cameo in the third film. The fact that, you know, you were able to link these characters together through their deaths and their weight of their deaths i thought that that was tremendous as well i don't know if anyone else felt that but i mean definitely definitely based on watching this film that's something that i picked up on and and again with the easter eggs you know when when jack quaid's character is in the hospital 
and he's catching up on all the stab movies and all the stab lore and everything he needs to be prepared for as being a part of, you know, this uh, this dilemma that the the characters find themselves in. The YouTube videos that pop up as recommended videos on his phone while watching one of the stab recaps is that uh, that Kirby from the fourth film points to her possibly being alive and also Stu Mocker one of the killers from the first film uh, just those little easter eggs throwing in there as little little nuggets for the fans to keep them guessing and and ultimately like I said with, with them pumping another 20 to 25 years into this franchise no, no doubt um, and the multiple sequels that are going to follow it only keeps you wondering wh who could be the next killer who could pop up in the next uh, next installment of the Scream franchise, whether they call it Scream 2, Scream something. I mean, ultimately, this movie was Scream 5. You know, the only reason, again, as I said, that they, I believe they don't call it Scream 5 is because, you know, the callbacks to the, the first film and how self-aware this film is and, and reintroducing uh, the legacy characters in with the new characters that are going to be taking over uh, in the the main roles within this film for the foreseeable future, it's exciting to see what they do with it. And I'm, as a f huge fan of the Scream franchise, I uh, I'm greatly looking forward to the next installment for sure. Now, with all that out of the way, we're going to get us to topic number nine today. This is our final topic of the day. Always trying to think of ways to uh, wrap up uh, the podcast, and today we're going to be discussing. The most anticipated movies for 2022. Now, I know the new year uh, is just, it's already been about a month since we're into the new year, but, um, you know, Scream was definitely one of uh, one of the anticipated movies, but since that's already passed, um, that's not included on this list. So, um, going down this list, starting with number 10, the, one of the, the most anticipated movies on my list for the upcoming year, number 10 is Elvis. Now, Elvis, it's the upcoming biopic of Elvis Presley starring Tom Hanks and Austin Butler as Elvis Presley. Not too familiar with Austin Butler's work, but I would say based on pictures alone, great casting choice. Um, I, I believe that I believe that this uh, young man will be able to um, really extend himself within the role and really really transcend the story of what Elvis was and still is in our society today. Greatly looking forward to this film. Number nine, Top Gun Maverick. Very anticipated sequel. Very, very anticipated sequel to Top Gun, which came out quite a bit ago. And the trailers for this film are incredible. It's incredible. I know, you know, Tom Cruise does a lot of his, you know, own stunts. Most of his own stunts he does by himself. You know, it just, I, I, I cannot get over some of the visuals from this film. It looks incredible. Absolutely cannot wait to see this film. Cannot wait to go see it on the biggest screen possible. IMAX, the biggest screen possible. I'm seeing this film on, and I recommend you do the same. Cannot wait for this. Number nine, Top Gun Maverick. Number eight, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Now, 
Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was absolutely incredible. I was blown away by that film. I watched it a few years ago when it came out um, and was absolutely shocked by um, that really just how, how well the film was made. Um, the story of the film um, wasn't expect. I didn't know what to expect before watching it, but I was pleasantly surprised. And uh, if you haven't seen the first film, definitely go see it. Um, I'm sure it's available on some streaming platform, if not, you know, four or five different ones. So if you haven't seen the first one, definitely recommend you seeing it. Highly, highly looking forward to the next uh, anticipated sequel, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Number seven, Avatar 2. Now, you can see in parentheses, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I put The Way of Water with a question mark. It's one of the rumored titles for this film, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, or Avatar, The Way of Water. Not really sure, um, you know, what they're going to go with here. But since the first Avatar film, um, definitely was a big fan of the Avatar film when it came out. Um, I know a lot of people <laughs> since then, uh, you either love it, you hate it, uh, you might just... You might be indifferent to it. Uh, you might just like it a little bit. Whatever your take is, is you know your take. Um, was a very big fan of the uh, movie when when first seeing it in the theaters. I, I remember you know like it was yesterday seeing it, and uh, it, was, it was unlike you know any movie I'd really ever seen up to that point. And to know that we're getting a sequel, you know, this many years later, did it hurt the franchise? Um, I think we'll have to wait and see how this film is. If this film is uh, tremendous and it it's even you know it's just as good, if not better, than the first one, um, you know, I, I think that then they'll be fine moving forward with the uh, three and uh, number three and four and five. I think four and five are being filmed right now, and two and three were filmed back to back. I mean. I, I think w this film uh, is really going to it's going to depend a lot. The success of this film is going to really play a key role in the future of the franchise as how third, fourth, and fifth film are perceived by audiences. You know, I'm not really sure. It's always a gamble when you make a sequel this far out. But, you know, with Top Gun Maverick and, and um, you know, it's with the Scream franchise being reintroduced, you know, every 10, you know, 10 plus years. Yeah, it's there. If, as long as the script is is there, and the performances follow, and and everything else comes together, you know, they're gonna and they're gonna be fine with this film. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. I'm not sure, you know, what to expect. We haven't seen any anything too much of this uh, film except for the visuals, a few little snippet uh, pictures, and and one of the pictures here, if you're watching on YouTube, is one of the official images. So. The Way of Water could potentially be the title they're looking at, but we'll have to wait and find out. Number six, The Flash. Now, I believe this comes out in November of 2022, so we got a little bit of time uh, between now and then before this movie comes out, but still very much looking forward to seeing Barry Allen back on screen and seeing what Ezra Miller does in this role, uh, to see Ben Affleck return, Batman and also to see Michael Keaton himself return as Batman in this film really really excited to see what this film entails the uh, is it going to be you know flashpoint what are, uh, who knows what they're going to introduce in this film what the story is going to be I don't 
see it being uh, an origin film or anything like that uh especially especially since you know you know in uh in justice league and batman versus superman like we, we've seen instances of the flash already we have a good idea of who barry allen is why he does what he does and you know ultimately how he came to be now in this film i'm not sure how it's all gonna how it's all gonna play out but i'm really looking forward to seeing how the the multiple batman story gets uh, introduced into the main story and how the characters all you know work together just very much excited for this film for sure number five killers of the flower moon very very much looking forward to this film leonardo dicaprio jesse plemons um brendan fraser i mean you name it and obviously martin scorsese at the helm really looking forward to this film i don't know anything about this film other than it's got scorsese directing it with an amazing cast and um brendan fraser being a part of this um has me tremendously excited to see the you know the renaissance and the return of Brendan Fraser to the big screen in these major roles to see him in No Sudden Move. If you haven't seen that film, definitely recommend you seeing it. Unbelievable cast with Brendan Fraser, Benicio del Toro, Don Cheadle. It's 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 a tremendous tremendous film. A lot of characters in it. A lot of wonderful actors and actresses part of the film and to see him get all these new opportunities now in this most recent Scorsese film Killers of the Flower Moon and ultimately knowing that and hearing that he's playing Firefly in the upcoming back I believe it's Batgirl that he's playing Firefly and it's just really great to see him get all these new opportunities and see him back on the big screen but very much looking forward to Killers of the Flower Moon um, I don't think there's any official release date for this film yet, just it's coming out sometime in 2022. So um, that's why it's included on this list. <laughs> if, it, if it does get pushed back to 2023, you can rest assured that yeah, you will see it on that list as well. But very much looking forward to the new Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon. Now for number four, the most anticipated movie of 2022 for myself, Jurassic World Dominion. Saying again how Hollywood and a lot of these movies have been introduced are introducing the concept of the requel and how legacy characters are now coming to the franchise and working with and or teaming up with a new cast it's it's truly it's truly exciting to think how dr uh ian malcolm jeff goldblum's character how dr ellie sattler Laura Dern's character and to see Sam Neill's character, Dr. Alan Grant, all three of the core original characters return to the Jurassic World, well, Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World uh, franchise now to see them return to this franchise so many years later. It's really exciting to see and to know the possibilities at hand. This almost feels like a lost world type of vibe what they're going into this film how now the dinosaurs are basically roaming free and how humans and dinosaurs are now sharing this wide globe together and there's no fences there's no barriers between them um to know that and to think of 
the possibilities and, and what that life might look like. I think that's what we're going to see in this film. Still haven't gotten an official trailer, I don't believe, for this film yet. But knowing that it's coming out this summertime, I believe that we can uh, expect a trailer very, very soon in the near future. Very much looking forward to this film. Number four on the list, Jurassic World Dominion. Number three on the list is the film that we talked about early on the podcast, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, I had to include this image that I found online. I'd give full credit to the artist as well, Alexei Korolevsky. The artwork uh, you can see is, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see his um, his Instagram handle as well. It's Alexei Korolevsky Art, at Alexei Korolevsky Art on Instagram. Uh, he made this image reminiscing and paying homage to uh, Sam Raimi, the director of the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, paying homage to his work on Evil Dead and to see you know Wanda here reaching up. It's a it's an awesome shot and uh, I wanted to include it here uh, when talking about the film. Very much looking forward to the film. Again, Rintra, Sleepwalker, Despair. How do these characters factor into the new film? Um, knowing that this is the first, um, as Kevin Feige said himself, when first introducing the new slate of films, uh, I think it was a few years ago at Comic-Con now, this is going to be Marvel and Disney's, first, specifically Marvel's first horror film. That's Kevin Feige's words, and, and them immediately when, upon hearing them, I just my excitement for this film went through the roof. Cannot wait to see what they what they do with this film, what it looks like. The first teaser trailer definitely showed elements of how it could potentially be, you know, more of a uh, a just a an otherworldly thriller, suspenseful film. Didn't see too many elements of the horror in the teaser, but again, it's just the teaser. I'm sure this movie is going to be close to two and a half to three hours long. And so I'm sure we'll get plenty of that uh, in the next trailer and also in the movie when we do see it in a few months. It's right around the corner, only three and a half to four months away, being in May. It's right around the corner and very much looking forward to seeing Kevin Feige said it himself, the first Marvel horror film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Cannot wait to see what takes place. Number two on the list, The Northman. Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe. This trailer blew me away. Blew me away. The first 30 seconds, and Ethan Hawke in as well, you can't forget Ethan Hawke, to see you know, the story that's introduced. If you haven't seen the trailer already, you know, this Alexander Skarsgård's character, um, you know, He's going. He's the son of this noble, you know, leader. This 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 king. His father is the king, and and he obviously greatly looks up to his father, and they have a strong bond. He uh, he and his father, and one and one day it seems that you know they were attacked, and I, it seems like it was his uncle in the trailer. It says his uncle Uncle Fjorner. I think he's. I think he. The, I believe the character says he's. You know his uncle assassinates you know ethan ethan hawk it looks like i mean they introduced all this in the trailer so i'm not spoiling anything it's just a trailer I'm, i haven't seen this film and nothing but um um that just sets off alexander scar's garden then it just immediately cuts him from from him being like seven years old 
running away, seeing that take place, screaming, I, I will avenge you, father. I will protect you, mother. I will kill you for your honor. Like, it's it just, and then immediately cuts to him being like 27 years old, jacked Viking, ready to like rip his uncle's head off, repeating the same three lines. I will avenge you, father. I will protect you, mother. I will kill you for your honor. Oh, I had chills. I have chills now talking about it. This movie is going to bring all of the juice. All of it. All of it. The trailer brought it. This movie is going to bring it plus some pulp. Like, it's it's done. This movie, I like immediately, I saw a comment after watching the trailer. Some guy says, you know, inject this movie into my veins immediately. Yes. Like, like this movie is going to be insane i cannot wait to see what they do with this film just to know just the storyline it's i'm at a loss of words honestly this this movie is going to be incredible it looks like uh, comes out in i believe april huge fan of the trailer uh and looking very much to seeing this film on the big screen last but not least number one the, my most anticipated movie of 2022 the Batman. Yep, shocker. The Batman comes in as number one. Absolutely cannot wait for this film. Can't wait to see what Robert Pattinson done, does uh, with the Batman role. Also to see him as Bruce Wayne and how he plays that role as well. And how he balances both walking in the day and also sneaking through the shadows at night. To seeing Andy Serkis as Alfred. I mean... What, what a cast this movie has. Andy Serkis as Alfred. And then you have Paul Dano as the Riddler. Uh, and you have Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman in this. Uh, Cena Lena Kyle, Catwoman in this film. I mean, it's, it's going to be really remarkable. You have Colin Farrell as uh, Oswald Cobblepot, the Penguin. He looks unrecognizable. I still have... I, I, if you look at any image that's been released of that character and him as that character, even knowing that it's Colin Farrell, you st I still cannot, for the life of me, see Colin Farrell in, in that. They've done such a, an amazing job to know that Jeffrey Wright is playing, you know, Commissioner James Gordon. Whether he's commissioned this movie or not, not entirely sure. Um, I believe Matt Reeves, you know, wants to do a trilogy, so that could that that storyline. Uh, that plot point could always be introduced throughout one of the three films that he hopes to direct with Robert Pattinson as Batman at the helm. Cannot wait for this film. It's right around the corner, March 4th. Then you got Doctor Strange, I think May 2nd that comes out. These movies are just going to keep popping up. And the Northman right in between that in, in April. I mean, can't ask for much better than You can't ask for much more than that. I, I, I cannot wait to see these films. That's my list. I want to know what your list is. Comment your ten, top 10 most anticipated movies. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below. Most anticipated movies of 2022. Give me your list. And that just about wraps up our first episode of the B-Muse Reviews podcast. As I said, I'm your host, Brandon Musica. And this has been our very first installment. Uh, be sure to follow us at B-Muse Reviews on Instagram and TikTok. Be sure to listen every week on Spotify and iTunes and all other streaming platforms. You can also, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to like 
subscribe and hit the little bell icon to receive notifications. That way you're informed exactly when our podcast and all other video content goes live. In addition to the BMU's Reviews podcast, we'll be doing movie reactions uh, and also we'll be diving into uh, a vast collection of retro games as well. So be sure to tune in and uh, stay tuned for more content. We'll be back on Friday with our next installment and each Friday after that. So as I said, stay tuned for much, much more. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. So take me